1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Thursday, April the 7th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today, on April 7, 1984, the Census Bureau reported that Los Angeles had overtaken Chicago as the nation's second largest city in terms of population. Today, in 1922, the Teapot Dome scandal At its beginnings, as an Interior Secretary, Albert B. Fall, he signed a secret deal to lease U.S. Navy Petroleum Reserves in Wyoming and California to his friends, oilmen Henry Sinclair and Edward Doheny, in exchange for cash gifts. Does any of that sound familiar? Today, in 1949, the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, South Pacific, opened on Broadway. Today in 1954, President Dwight D. Eisenhower held a news conference in which he spoke of the importance of containing the spread of communism in Indochina. He said, quote, you have a row of dominoes set up, you knock over the first one, what will happen to the last one is the certainty that it will go over very quickly. This became known as the domino theory, even though Eisenhower didn't actually use that term. They talked about it a lot for years, the domino theory. Today in 1957, shortly after midnight, the last, the last one of New York's electric trolleys completed its final run from Queens to Manhattan, 1957. Now we're breaking the bank and messing up our culture, trying to go back to electric trolleys, because they say that's the future. Today in 1959, a referendum in Oklahoma repealed the state's ban on alcoholic beverages. Today in 1966, the U.S. Navy recovered a hydrogen bomb that a U.S. Air Force uh, plane had lost in the Mediterranean Sea. It was a B-52. It had crashed, actually. I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago because that was the date on the day I mentioned it that the crash had happened. Well, today... They got the bomb. Obviously, it didn't explode. They safely got it back to where it was supposed to be. One year ago today, former NFL football player Philip Adams fatally shot six people in Rock Hill, South Carolina, including a prominent doctor, his wife, and their two grandchildren, before killing himself. Newly minted President Biden took to the microphone and he called for more gun control, pounding his fist on the lectern. I remember it well. We must have more gun control. We've got to stop gun violence. It didn't take long for the tragic mass shooting in Sacramento early last Sunday morning to become yet another flashpoint in this national debate over gun control. The basic facts were barely coming to light when politicians rushed to call for new gun laws. That's not how anyone serious about preventing violence in our culture should proceed. California already has the strictest gun laws in the nation. In fact, that mass shooting even happened in California speaks to the blunt reality that laws have limits, that only law-abiding gun owners follow gun laws. And that there are other factors that are driving not only this broad, broad phenomenon of violence, but individual acts of violence. Guns are not driving the violence. They're a tool. And if they were all gone, all melted up and put away in the progressives' back room somewhere, there would continue to be violence because there is sin. Smiley Martin was one of three suspects in the shooting. He should have not had a gun. He's a convicted felon with a record that goes back a decade with crimes, including domestic violence, assault. He's done great bodily harm to people. It's a fact. It's on the record. The Sacramento Bee says Smiley was sent to prison in 2018 for assaulting his girlfriend, facing a 10-year sentence. He was rejected parole in 2021, but released less than a year later due to the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation's use of pre- and post-sentencing credits. In 2021, Sacramento County District Attorney Anne Marie Schubert's office opposed his parole, but oh no, citing his lengthy criminal history, she said, which included his 2013 arrest after being found just six months after his 18th birthday, transporting assault weapons and other weapons of violence. In other words, It's a situation involving an alleged perpetrator of violence who has, for the last decade, operated outside of the law when it comes to guns. It is using him as an example of why we must confiscate guns. It's a situation where it defies reason because it is the people who obey the laws that have the guns, and those are the guns they're trying to get. They can't get the guns from the criminals because they can't catch the criminals. And if they do, they find a way to let them go because we're seeking equity, not justice, in America. We've heard the president use this shooting to once again call for sweeping federal gun laws, including bans on arbitrary types of firearms. Just within the last week, President Biden has once again He's not quite as well-spoken as he was a year ago, but he's saying the same thing. These are not proposals of people serious about addressing violence. They simply want to confiscate all the guns because that's part of what they believe. They believe they can create a better world by putting all of us on mass transit. We all walk in lockstep. We all wear the same colored clothes. We drive a little electric car. And, oh, by the way, we don't have guns. That stands in absolute contrast to everything this nation was founded upon when our founders, who were not gun mongers, as some have called them, they simply knew the importance of freedom. The leftist ideology has broken our system, demanding a justice of equity rather than a justice of equality. The leftists created a culture of lawlessness and violence and destruction and chaos. We don't have a gun problem. We have a sin problem. The same folks who are trying to confiscate the guns have stripped God out of the public square of our country. Just as easily as they can take your gun, they can take your God. Because they have used this whole notion of nonsense that somehow Thomas Jefferson said, we've got to separate church and state. Thomas Jefferson said, it's already separated. He said, in fact, we are so intent on keeping government out of the business of the church, we have put a wall of separation to protect you Danbury Baptists, who had questioned that, and he wrote a letter to them, and all other churches, Christian and otherwise. He said, we have taken great pains to keep the government out of the business of the church. That's what our founders said. But today's progressives, oh, no. We've got to have separation of church and state. And if you suggest otherwise, as I just have, in agreement with our founders, you're often said to be wanting to create some kind of a religious compound in America, some kind of a religious-run country, somewhat like Iran and others. We've stripped God out of the public square of our country at the time when we need him most. We have a sin problem, not a gun problem. I was reading this morning the Bible I just for myself. I prepare, I spend some time in the mor- every morning on this program, but I was just reading for myself before I got into the content of what we're going to be talking about today. And um, I read this verse, it's Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, I'm sure you've read it, you probably have memorized it. It's a key verse, it kind of describes the times in which we live, but it describes all time because of sin and brokenness. All of us, it isn't just the other folks who have sinned, it's all of us, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That defines what we see going on in our culture. Whatever we talk about on this program each day, we talk about in the news at the moment. That's why we originate live every morning on ACN at 9 a.m. in the morning. Some of you hear this program a little delayed uh, in the same day, but a little delayed. But we talk about things that are currently happening as we speak most often. And we do so because we live in a world that is becoming more and more confusing, chaotic, complicated, certainly more violent. There's darkness. There's spiritual wickedness in high places. But we not only want to define these things, we want to be overcomers. We want to overcome that evil with goodness, the goodness of the Lord. That's why we take a stand in the culture. That's why we stand for righteousness, not our righteousness, but God's righteousness. We are broken. I am a broken sinner saved by grace, because God's love was greater than my sin. That's where all of us stand in the world today. If we've accepted Jesus Christ, our lives have been dramatically turned around. We've been saved, we've been, we've been given eternal life that we did not deserve. But in the process of living out our lives, we are told very clearly in god's word that we are to stand for his truth his righteousness his goodness and that's what we attempt to do every day on this program i want to thank you for your support we need it it's not easy to meet to meet the budget with what we're doing there are easier ways if a person just wants to be on the radio to make it work, you can talk about things that are non-controversial for a starter. We don't try to be controversial. I don't get up every morning and think about how controversial we can be on this program, but I do get up without, without the, the burden or the bondage of being afraid to talk about what's happening in the culture to the best of our ability. From a biblical perspective. And many of you recognize that and understand it. And you support it. And I want to thank you for that so much for your support. We need it. It's box three nine nine Bellevue, Washington 98009. Box 399 Bellevue 98009. You can also go to our website, Faith and Freedom, AND Freedom.us. And there's a tab there you can uh, contribute online. Thank you. But what we see today, and whatever we talk about, what we see today is this wrestling, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are the things that Paul defined so many years ago, but we see today. As we look today, this moment, April the 7th, we look at what's happening in our world. But the Bible, the Bible that tells us what's going on, this wrestling not against flesh and blood, but the principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness, and so on, that same Bible, that same word of God says this, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have overcome all of this. Not because we are so great, but because God is so great, and God cares, and he loves you, and he loves me. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Over the last week or so, I've mentioned Disneyland more than once. Most of us know it as the happiest place on earth, America, the world, have watched and listened as Disney has morphed from that happiest place on earth to a sad place, a place of activism, controversy, suspicion, advocating for an assault on young minds, five-year-olds, kindergartners. I'm not extrapolating this from something they may have said. They're up front. Yeah, they plan to. 50% of all Disney content is now going to contain LGBTQ plus Uh, information or content. That's what the person in charge of the Disney Corporation of programming is saying. I believe she's a lesbian or a bisexual or something. I don't know what she is, but she's something in that group of people. She said, yeah, from going forward, we're going to have 50% of all Disney, of the content of all Disney products that we put out will be LGBTQ plus I, A, A, B, C, D, E, whatever. They're very serious about these. These commitments to their agenda. Walt Disney often told the story of how as he watched his own kids playing in a city park, he dreamed of a park where parents and children alike could come and enjoy. Really, he said he sat at a picnic table in a park, watching his kids playing. And he thought, wouldn't it be great to have a place where parents and children alike could come and enjoy? It was in those moments with his kids at the local park that Disneyland was born in his mind. This week, Roy P. Disney, one of the Disney family, explained what's happened to Mickey and why since Walt died. You'll find it very interesting. The Washington Times is reporting the stories. Others are kind of staying away from it. Some have mentioned it. But the Washington Times says Roy Roy P. Disney, the grand-nephew of Disneyland, founder Walt Disney, jumped Tuesday into the feud between Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and the Disney Empire with a fundraising plea in which he disclosed that he has a transgender child. Mr. Disney, whose grandfather, Roy Disney, founded the company along with brother Walt. Walt was the driving factor. Roy was not, but they were partners. But he said in a fundraising pitch for the human rights campaign that he is heartbroken over the Florida bill barring schools from discussing gender identity and sexual orientation with students in grades K, kindergarten through third grade. He said, my wife Sherry and I, this is Roy P. Disney, he said, my wife Sherry and I have been members of HRC for over 20 years, and Mr. Disney, in an email, said, equality matters deeply to us, especially because our child Charlie is transgender and a proud member of the LGBTQ plus community. So it isn't only a group of activist employees threatening to walk off the job if Disney doesn't march to their tune. It's a Disney family member, perhaps others, but at least this one, who are personally involved with the homosexual movement. Grandnephew Roy P. Disney isn't merely giving some kind of passive assent to the lifestyle of his child that he loves. He's all in, and he's making it very clear. Human Rights Campaign is the largest homosexual activist organization in the country. Their annual budget in 2020 was $44.7 million. Roy P. is currently offered to match gifts. I mean, I'm talking about it right now as we speak. Roy P. is currently offered to match gifts of up to $500,000. As part of a campaign to help raise a million dollars. Well, I would say they'll raise a million dollars with a five hundred thousand dollar commitment to match gifts. I'm sure they'll achieve that. Mr. Disney says he was simply it was simply despicable that state legislators in Florida and governors across the country are using fear and lies to rally their base, trying to erase LGBTQ plus youth from the school to sports flat out telling transgender and non-binary youth that they don't belong, revoking the rights of the LGBTQ plus community. All of that is a lie. I'm sure he's misled. I'll give, give him the benefit of the doubt. If he's listening to HRC, I can assure you he's confused. They've been at this a long time. They know what they're doing. They're the best at advancing the homosexual agenda. They've been doing it for quite a while. But that's what he says. He says anyone who opposes the LGBTQ blah, blah, blah advance of their agenda is trying to erase these kids, one of whom is his. That's why he's so worked up about this. He went on to refer to bills passed in 13 states, including Florida, barring male-born athletes from competing in female sports. Has he ever stopped for just a moment to think about parents like he and his wife who have girl, I mean, actual girls competing in swimming and tennis and track and whatever, and they have some guy come along, and it's happening as we speak, come along and say, oh, I'm a girl, so I'm going to compete against girls, and they're guys, they're men, they're young men, and they win. And they win all the time. They're the ones that are erasing the girls. That's how confused the world is in which we live. Even to the point of not not being able to discern between a man and a woman. And we're about to have a Supreme Court justice who can't define what a woman is. God help us. That's where we are. He said, we're dedicated, Disney said, we're dedicated to standing up for the rights and safety of members of the Disney family, as well as the LGBTQ plus community in Florida and across the country. Clearly, this was not a knee jerk reaction by Roy P. Disney, based on his commitment that he and his wife have been involved with HRC for 20 years. So the question is, how much influence does he have on the Walt Disney Company? Well, it's unclear. I looked into that. I spent a little time on that yesterday, as as a matter of fact. He's not a member of the board of directors. His father, Roy E. Disney, was a longtime senior executive with the company. He died in 2009. All that I could find didn't indicate that he has any powerful roles in the Disney company, although he could have, but I couldn't find any. But the fact that he is a member of the family and the fact that he is taking such a visible, aggressive, no-holds-barred approach, it certainly will embolden those employees within the company to move forward at warp speed. And that's what this woman is doing, or man or whatever she identifies as, who's a program director kind of head of programming when she comes out with this statement that I mentioned a few moments ago 50% of all Disney content will now be LGBTQ oriented half of it so every other time your kid is watching something Disney that's created now going forward it's going to be advocating for homosexuality keep that in mind as your kid sets before the TV, and you're doing some chores around the house. Like he, well, Junior's satisfied. He can watch Mickey Mouse. He may be watching more than Mickey Mouse now with this new commitment that Disney has. This bill in Florida was never about saying gay or not saying gay. They call it the "Don't Say Gay" bill, but that's not what it is. Again, it's just it's just an attempt. To to trash the bill because they don't agree with it. That's what the leftists do. Anything they don't agree with, they destroy. It doesn't matter if it's a statue of Columbus, it's a governor of Florida or Texas or Idaho or wherever, or if it's a flag of the United States. It doesn't matter what it is. If they disagree with it, they have become a law unto themselves. And if they disagree with it, then it must be destroyed. It has to be destroyed. Otherwise, Otherwise, it's discriminatory, because it offends me and my sensitivities. That is the bizarre world that we live in today, and that's why we have got to have a light in this darkness that guides our lives. And that's why the Lord tells us, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. The the word of God is a light, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my way. Otherwise, it's just confusion, and we find ourselves trying to feel our way through life. And we hear this stuff, and we, well, maybe this, maybe this is true. I mean, could this be true? And it's so confusing, it's destructive, and that's the time in which we live today. It's a slippery slope. Some of us were talking about this when, when they were trying to and successfully doing so, so-called redefined marriage in Washington State a number of years ago. Several times on the radio, Dave Ross on Kyro would say to me in a snarly way, that which was fine, I didn't care, but in his interview, he'd say, how is this going to change your marriage, Gary? I said, it's going to change our world, Dave. It has. I'm not going to say I was right, but I was, because I was speaking the truth of God's word. He didn't want to hear it, but he had me on there several times, and others did. The Times and other people, they were saying, this isn't going to change anything. Everything's going to be fine. We could redefine marriage and gays have a right to be married and blah, blah, blah. It's a slippery slope. Sometimes they even laughed and mocked. if Somebody, including myself, used that term and others. We were working together on this issue in Washington State some years ago. They're ridiculing DeSantis now, the governor. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's kind of a nobody like me or whether it's the governor of Florida. They say the same thing. Butt out. Leave us alone. We have a right. You're trying to erase us. Well, they erase the goodness of God and the creation of God as we know it and God's word. It is all connected. That's why we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not against politicians. Certainly, that's part of the process, but it's against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. But remember, greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. I found it interesting. I looked, saw Paul Rasmussen is a fairly conservative organization meaning the questions they ask are not um, sort of intended to mislead the person that responds like many of the progressive type polls are. But they took a survey this uh, on Tuesday of this week and they found that 28% of American adults believe the emphasis on inclusion and diversity, meaning all that we're talking about here by companies like Disney is making children's entertainment better. That was surprising. I didn't know that many people had been misled, but apparently they have been. 45% of Americans think it's a bad thing. The rest are confused, and they don't even know what they believe about this. So we have our work to do. We need to get out and be heard. We need to speak the truth in love, in the darkness, and God's word will make a difference. Thank you for being with me today. It's always a pleasure to spend these few moments with you and a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you. I'll see you right here,